1: Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Hall, and I am thrilled to be joined by Ashlyn Sullivan, Flyers pre and post game live host. Ashlyn, this season is starting to drag a little bit. Just let's- a
0: bit, Jordan. Just, Just a wee bit. <laughs> Just a tad.
1: <laughs> but some reason there's still drama. There's never oh, a dull day in Flyers <laughs> land. And let's start out with... What the heck is going on with Tony D'Angelo? A healthy scratch for the last three games. He seems to be in John Tortorella's doghouse a little bit. Yeah. I think it's more than just on ice performance. Ashley, what, what do you think's going on? What does it mean for the future?
0: It's very confusing, and you think about Tony D'Angelo and Torts' track record throughout the season, and you can only read through the tea leaves, but it seems to be there was some type of conversation, confrontation, whatever you want to call it. We know that John Torella and the entire coaching staff wanted to see Tony D'Angelo play a more disciplined style of defense. They've said that all year long, and at times have gotten very frustrated with the way he's played defense, and they've wanted him to change. I don't know if we've necessarily seen that change in Tony D'Angelo's defensive style of play. So you can only imagine that they're asking for more. They're not seeing it. Tony D'Angelo isn't delivering what they're asking for, which leads to a benching. And we've always said that this is a long process is looking at years down the line. And if he's trying to send a message, he's not worried about the results of these games right now. My gosh, that was clear against the Bruins when you could have really used Tony D'Angelo in instances when there was very limited defensemen it's sending a message like it has been with every single player that's been benched. It's clear the first healthy scratch, like, all right, it could be, you know, just about on ice performance. And then as games went on, you think, great. There's something more here. It It's confusing, though, because they could use him right now. But it's clear that Torts doesn't seem to have that at the forefront of his to do list.
1: Personalities definitely clash. Yeah. And I think I knew that there was potential. These two could butt heads at times Mm -hmm. could have their shouting matches at times. And I'm not saying that's what happened, but I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if they've chatted over the course of the season was when Tortorella told me in the summer that he loves Tony D'Angelo's personality, that personality wins championships. He doesn't want him to be a choir boy. He wants guys Mm -hmm. to have personality and, and say dumb things from time to time. And it, it, it's, it's ironic because Tony D'Angelo, I thought, has said a lot of the right things all year, yeah. Ashland. I thought he's been accountable. Uh, he has taken blame after bad performances, after losses. He's been a good teammate. He praises teammates uh, whenever he needs to. But here, something happened. Something clearly happened because there's no way in hell you play five defensemen when you, when you, when you exactly willingly, Ash, and when you have a healthy and able defenseman like Tony D'Angelo, who by the way, is leading the blue line in points, goals, assist, and you're playing the best team in the league. Yeah. Tortorella, Tortorella clearly had a reason uh, to, to sit him for a third straight game against the Bruins, um, which tells you something's up. And it also makes you wonder what the, what the future is going to be for Tony D'Angelo in Philadelphia. He's got one more year left on his deal and they are rebuilding, yeah. and uh, it makes you think if maybe Tortorella and Danny Briere are talking about, hey, is this guy going to be a part of this next year? What do you think? Where do you think this could go heading into the offseason?
0: Yeah, I think when you look at Tony D'Angelo's deal, and there is only being one year left, if it is about the confrontation, and it, it most likely is that there is a confrontation off the ice, and that's the reason he is sitting this long when he, they could really use him. Knowing Tortorella and getting to know him this season – I think that's going to make him admire Tony D'Angelo even more. And I know that sounds weird because it most likely was a confrontation match. And, and Tony D'Angelo probably took it too far is what I'm guessing and reading the tea leaves of why he's sitting on the bench of the healthy scratch for three straight games. It was clear Torts didn't like what he was saying to him. I think in the long run, Torts is going to like that. I think he's going to like his players caring and animation and a willingness to fight back and a willingness to have confrontation. He said that 30 times this season. I don't see this one thing hurting Tony D'Angelo's chances of staying here because I think Torts likes him and I think Torts can groom him. I think Torts sees potential in him. Um, the question is, does Tony D'Angelo want to be here? And that's something, you know, we haven't truthfully asked him we don't know that we don't know right now does he want to be here does he want to play for the philadelphia flyers i think that's what it all boils down to it and we're never going to know the true story i like how they're keeping it tight you know it's not anyone's business it's not our business of what happened that's internal with the team but i think the question boils down to does tony d'angelo want to commit and and be here
1: it's a great question because Tony D'Angelo has definitely said all along he loves being a Flyer. Mm-hmm. This is his hometown team. He sees potential here. He has praised the youth movement here and uh, has said he would like to be a Flyer. How much this means to him playing in his in his hometown. Obviously, he's got a lot of family in South Philadelphia. He's from South Jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, so pl- being a Flyer means something to him. But it's fair to wonder if things have changed for him. Maybe yeah. he sees how deep of a rebuild this is. And he's he's reading you know, the words on the wall that he's got a year left on his deal. He's 27, Mm -hmm. and he very much might not be a part of the future long-term. You know, maybe next year he is, but perhaps he's seeing a lot of the older players, friends of his, guys like Kevin Hayes, James Van Riemsdyk, some veteran guys that I think everyone is pondering whether they're going to be here next season. Mm -hmm. And maybe he's saying, this isn't for me either. I don't know if that's the case or not. I I think he's a good teammate, and I think he's going to – uh you know if he's here next year he'll continue to be a good teammate but i'm with you and i think weirdly john tortorella i think could go to bat for tony d'angelo yeah i really think I he so likes this that, that yeah <laughs> i think he likes this confrontation and we're gonna
0: be scratching right in the fresh conference like what exactly like, what do you mean you want him to stay after all this Didn't happening bench him three games?
1: <laughs> play five defensemen without him um and, and maybe the flyers will be in a spot where they they know hey it's going to be tough to move him he's mm-hmm. got a five five million dollar cap hit there's a track record of him. Yeah. Uh. Teams will probably know, hey, this would be his third team in three years. If you include the Rangers, it will be four in like four plus, five plus years. Um, so he might not be easy to trade. Right. And maybe the Flyers are going to say, hey, let's, let's not, let's not move this guy because he's a decent player and it can't hurt just to have him on for the final year of his deal and then, and then they'll go from there. But, right. uh, definitely an interesting situation. Um, And and I think avoidable, it was probably avoidable. I mean, right now these games don't mean much. There's not a lot of drama going around and suddenly you have another storyline when you didn't need it. No. Uh, So a lot worth watching with Tony D'Angelo's future. It's just another player really where everyone's saying, is this guy a part of it? I mean, you feel like they're starting to become a pile of players Mm -hmm. where everyone's like, is he going to be here? Is he not? Uh, It just tells you the Flyers are looking to get younger and younger and Uh, There's still plenty to prove and still a ton of question marks. I mean, I'm not sure I can recall an offseason, and Ashley, I'm wondering what you think, where there's just endless number of questions. Yeah. Uh, I just think this offseason can go either way. How do you see it?
0: I just always go back to the bus analogy. I love that analogy because it's so easy to picture. Who's on the Flyers bus? Tort says it all the time. Mm -hmm. And if I'm a Flyers fan and I'm understanding that this is going to take time and Torts has warned everyone that this is not just going to be fixed in one year, If there's players that don't wanna commit to this, if there's players that, you know, hey, we get it. Torts probably takes work. If you're a player and you have Torts as your head coach, it's not an easy relationship. I am sure there are days where it's hard work to have him as a head coach because he pushes you to a level. Owen Tippett's a great example of that. It It was hard at the beginning of the season. We talked to him about it. He said, yeah, like he expected a lot out of me. And at first I didn't deliver and there was tension, but now he's grateful for that relationship. So I think if you're a Flyers fan, what you want is these players who don't want to be here to get them out of here. I mean, it might take longer. That might force a longer rebuild, but I think that's a question you have to ask yourself is you want players that truly want to be here and go through this. And if, I mean, I couldn't imagine a locker room where you have guys who don't want to play for this, don't want to play under towards, don't want to play for a rebuild. Okay. Then reevaluate it. And if that means it adds a year or two, That's what it means. I would rather want that as a Flyers fan is to really know I'm building with something and players and pieces that see the long-term goal of this.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Plenty of questions and plenty of decisions. And I think the Flyers probably have a lot of their answers already. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ashland, we were talking about that previously on another podcast that it sounds like Tortorella maybe has his mind made up on a good number of guys uh, as these final games are played out, but it certainly leaves a ton of questions for the Flyers Uh, The Flyers still need to even hire a president of hockey Mm ops and figure out if Danny Pereira is their guy for the GM. So not only are there questions within the roster, but there's questions uh, of people that are going to be making the decisions on the roster. Yeah, Uh, Tells you it's definitely an unsettling, I think, precarious time for the Flyers. But at least we've seen a good bit of youth in the roster. And you have a head coach like John Tortorella, who's very much embracing the challenge of a rebuild, which is a positive.
0: I think so. Yeah. Flyers Talk is
1: brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking, and fencing needs. Well, Ashton, we had part one of Torts' Take, your sit-down interview (laughs) with John Tortorella. It aired on Flyers Pre-Game Live Mm -hmm. over the weekend. There's going to be two more parts coming up in Flyers Pre-Game Live over these final two games of the season. Part one was great. A very honest John Tortorella. Mm -hmm. I think as you expected, but what were your biggest takeaways from what Tortorella, Tortorella had to say to you?
0: I loved when Torts sat down with us for 40 minutes, which was very cool to have a coach give his time. And that amount of time to us was really cool. So we split it up into three parts. So you're going to see the first online now, Tuesday and Thursday of this coming week, you'll see the rest of the parts. But for Torts, at least the first part, and he's kind of hinged at this in his press conferences as well. I asked him about the challenge of getting back into coaching because he was really honest about that when he took this job in June, that he wanted to dive back into the fire. And he said, he knew it would be hard locker room wise. He knew it would be hard to get these players to all buy in the talent there and get them to a winning record. He, he understood that that was unrealistic the first year. What was telling to me is how much work is still left to be done organizationally, how he feels like they aren't set up right now organizationally to have the players best in minds. And he's kind of talked about it, that gray area of, of whatever is in that hallway isn't to his liking at this moment. And I think that's why you're seeing the, the shuffles, the shakeups in the front office. Seems like he likes Danny Breer. Seems like he enjoys working with him. Um, so I'm curious, how much of a say does he have in that? You know, is, is he changing these roles? Is, is these the conversations he's having with that new president? Um, and it, it makes it very clear when you watch the interview why he warns Flyers fans all the time, this is going to take some time. Because you walk away from that interview going, yeah, they got some work to do. But I, th- I at least walked away with confidence that, my gosh, this guy has the experience to know exactly what he wants and is going to tell everyone exactly what he wants.
1: I think the experience sh- should be uh, comforting for Flyers fans. as uh, Even if they can continue to hear, hey, this is going to take time, this is really from the ground up. Yeah, At least you do know there's a guy that's been there, done it. And I think the clarity should be refreshing too. Oh, my gosh, yeah. He's being clear here. He's, he's not sugarcoating things. I think you would probably see him past – the Flyers potentially sugarcoat things Mm -hmm. I think fans have desperately wanted just honesty and I feel like they're getting it from John Tortorelli you definitely saw it in your interview with him do you feel like fans are embracing the honesty not only with fans media but also his honesty with players
0: yeah I I sense a a a method of impatientness when I talk to, to fans around the city and my gosh I get it they just want a winning team but I think the patient, sadly, you still have to have it because at least in my opinion, throughout this season, I think you can see the confidence that you at least have the right guy for the job and you're not going backwards now wondering, is he going to be here in two years? Is he going to be here in three years? Now you're starting all over. It seems like you have the right guy and he wants to clean it up the way he wants to clean it up. And yeah, I, I would appreciate the honesty because from what I understand in this organization in the past, I said, it's not that bad. It's not that bad when it has been that bad. And it w- was continuing to be that bad yeah. <laughs> with no plan of how they're going to improve it. Right. At least now you have a plan. There's, Torts is laying the plan out very clearly. We want to get younger. The old guys have to go. The expensive guys have to go. That's going to take some time. The Tyson Forsters, bring them on up and let's get them playing so in a couple years we can see what this looks like. Yeah.
1: Catch all the sports action and more at Rivers Casino Philadelphia. Whether it's the money line or the pass line, there's something for everyone including a great sports book. Rivers Casino, Philadelphia. Philly loves a winner. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We are live at Rivers Casino, Philadelphia. Beautiful day in Philadelphia. A lot of people here at Rivers. Uh, mm-hmm. So a good time uh, to really get involved in so many sports. Phillies are back in action. Sixers are gearing up for the playoffs. Flyers still have some games to go. And I believe the NFL draft is this month too. So mm-hmm. a ton going on in sports in Philadelphia. And one thing that's definitely going on is Tortorello's Rebuild here in Philadelphia. I think one thing that stuck out to me, Ashlyn, with your conversation with Taurus was, um, yeah, just how daunting of a rebuild this is. I'm not sure he's ever seen something quite like this because we we even asked him, does this remind you of one of your past experiences? And he, he kind of likened it a little bit to when he was at Tampa Bay, uh, but also said he didn't realize how much Stuff there was going off the ice, uh, how much stuff that needed to be ironed out away from the ice, away from the roster, and mm-hmm. that tells you he he thinks there's things that need to be done, uh, all the way around. And that tells me, yeah, this is maybe bigger than you know people maybe expected or thought. Yeah. Um, and I think the big challenge will with John Tortorella will be can he continue to connect with his players? Can he continue to challenge his players and get them to buy in? I think. With time, sometimes it's not easy to get players to continue to hear your message and have mm-hmm. it resonate uh, but I think the more he gets his guys in-house, the guys that he thinks are on the bus, he will continue to connect with them uh, but that would be the biggest challenge is does, does John Tortorello conti- does he still work like in today's hockey yeah. um, I think that's a fair argument is mm-hmm. I'm not saying he doesn't. But I think some of his methods, some of the things he does, his brutal honesty, can it work in 2023? It obviously worked really well in 2003, 2004 when he was in Tampa. He's done it in other places, New York, Columbus, where he had teams and and they they won and they were competitive. Uh, But this is a different generation of athlete. And Mm -hmm. um, I think that will be the biggest challenge. Uh, How do you see him? Meshing with some of the younger players, some of the guys that are coming up and that are going to be really the foundation of this rebuild. Yeah,
0: and maybe it takes a certain type of athlete to work with Torts, and maybe there's some in this locker room right now that can't and we shouldn't ask them this to mold their attitude and personality to something that works with him. I think Owen Tippett is a great example of something that has worked. And he has gotten the most out of Owen Tippett. Owen Tippett has been honest. Owen Tippett is more on the quiet side. I wouldn't foresee Owen Tippett really fighting back largely and powerfully to towards. He just doesn't seem like that guy. So I think maybe you have to figure out what personalities mesh. And if something isn't working right now and it's too much of, of a drama filled, you know, dividing the locker room, then you really have to evaluate that. I'm not maybe that is Tony D'Angelo. I don't know. But if you have guys like that right now who just can't get on the same page. And if management and ownership says Torts is our guy, well, then that's the side you have to be on for the foreseeable future at the least.
1: Absolutely. And Owen Tippett's a really good case of, yeah, kind of quiet, but put your head down and listen and work. And yeah. Tortorella praised him not long ago about, we told him a couple of things and they saw him listen. They saw him apply it into the game. and, and uh, Owen Tippett even said, uh, that, yeah, sometimes you just got to do what you're told.
0: Kate's and too. I think Kate's is a great example No, is a
1: great example. And that's
0: why George loves him so much. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> Young kid, impressionable, will do what he's told. Yeah. Um, I think that goes a long way. And I think with time, it, you build trust between the coach and the player where the player wants to do that. He mm-hmm. wants to listen, be yelled at, uh, and be told what to do. Yeah.
0: Something but, you'll hear, which maybe now looking back, makes a lot more sense is towards in the second part that you're going to hear on Tuesday talks about the importance for a locker room to leave their ego at the door and how it has to be a unified message where, and he said when you talk about this criticism with the team where he's asking for more out of a particular player that is happening in front of everybody in front of the entire team, they're all going over, Hey, you need to do more of this. Hey, I like this, but give me more of this. And you could see why for a room full of professional male athletes, how difficult that really is to continuously take that criticism and have to be okay with it. That, that's hard. That's that's challenging. I mean, I don't know if I could do it. And yeah. um, he talks about, you know, that's the goal is at some point to get everyone to kind of throw the ego away, including himself.
1: Yeah, the fact that he's including himself says yeah. a lot. Yeah. Um, and perhaps that's what gets p- players to buy in is when they see the coach putting his ego aside and wanting to be all about the team and perhaps being accountable as well. I think mm-hmm. that goes a long way when the head coach is accountable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's it's tough for me to fault maybe some of the older players that have gotten frustrated with this because, no, you know, I don't, blame them. Yeah. I don't know how I would feel if I'm playing games and I know deep down that I'm not a part of this and yeah. they don't see me as a part of this and it probably takes a really immense amount of professionalism to say, hey. I realize I'm not going to be a part of this, but let's go out there and play hard and play for these teams. And I'm
0: probably getting asked to do even more. And I'm probably getting, you know, right. not criticized is the wrong word, but I'm probably getting told, Hey, do this better in front of the entire team. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, well, am I even part of this in a year? Yeah.
1: Yeah. That would be hard to swallow. Yeah, exactly. Like why, why do that? If you don't even see me as a part of right. this. Right. Um, and I, I think, you know, some of the older players that m- maybe are starting to see that they're not going to be a part of it. doesn't mean they're a bad player. No. You know what I mean? Kevin Hayes, we'll we'll see what happens with Kevin Hayes. He's having a career year. Yeah. He's thirty years old and he's a six foot five center. I mean, a good player, uh, but maybe the Flyers just know, like they really, really need to get younger. They mm-hmm. need to clear room for cap, and they just know Kevin Hayes' best years aren't going to suit them well. Right. Because it could be two to three years until maybe they're contending again. Mm-hmm. But a tough spot. A tough spot. Um, I think that's why maybe sometimes these games feel like they very much are playing out the string. Mm-hmm. But I will I will say that Bruins game, Ashlyn, I, I was eager for your thoughts. I thought they battled. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, <laughs> the Bruins score in the opening minute, the building goes berserk because Boston fans have littered the building. And I thought that game could have gotten out of control. Mm-hmm. It didn't. I mean, I thought the Flyers really battled. They were tied at first intermission. They came to within one twice in that game. And they did it with five defensemen yeah. um, and trying to prevent a, a really good team from setting a record. Mm-hmm. Um I thought they should be commended for their effort. I mean, they're not—they're not, they're not uh, laying down and just um, looking embarrassing. I, I think they're playing hard and playing for what matters, and that's you know pride and making the fans
0: proud. Yeah, you don't want a participation trophy, and you never want to give an athlete that. But from what I understand from last season, at this point last year, this would have looked very, very different if you were playing the same circumstances of this Bruins team. And it just—I thought it was the epitome of the Flyer season that you you should have just gotten rolled over. You should have just gotten completely mowed over by the best team in the NHL and instead you continue to fight. And I really love that Joel Farabee scored in that game because this is the guy that we want to see more from his fourteenth goal of the season. Big question mark around him going forward. And you when you hear about or you think about Joel Farabee, it's this the guy that's going to score in crucial moments in really big games. And he did. Yeah. So that's a huge positive going forward is this is a guy that has the capability to do something like that.
1: 100%. Absolutely a silver line that two of their young foundation pieces were mm-hmm. the guys that were like pushing the comeback. Yeah. Owen Tippett and Farabee, like two kids that just didn't go away mm-hmm. uh, in a big moment where uh, it looked like it could have gotten ugly. It'd be one thing if it was Kevin Hayes, Scott Lawton, JVR kind of like leading the charge and you're like, all right, well, you know, these guys might not be here. At least two of them. Yeah. Um. You know, the fact that it was some of the younger players that were getting chunks of the ice time and, and keeping the flyers in it, uh, real positive. Yeah, so I agree. So yeah, a, a great interview with John Twitter. I loved mm-hmm. part one. I'm not even, I'm not even saying this because I'm biased. <laughs> <laughs> great interview. You can catch it on our website, NBC and national. will have part two and part three on flyers pre game live coming up over these final two games. Mm-hmm. And they will also be on the website. Yep. So great stuff. we will continue to analyze that and look at it. Thank you so much for joining me, Ashlyn. It was great chatting with you. We'll have two more games left and we'll be ready to then discuss the big picture (laughs) even more. Uh, But thank you so much. A big thank you to Ben Barry, our podcast producer and guru and Flyers fans. Of course, as always, thank you so much for listening to the latest Flyers talk podcast presented by Great Railing. Wherever you get your podcasts, please rate and listen. And we can't wait to talk to you next time.